Hey friends, and welcome back. It's your host, Dr. Nikki G, and we are here for another exciting episode of Consumer Clarity. I hope you all enjoyed some turkey, ham, pizza, or whatever delicious food you enjoy eating with your family over Thanksgiving. My family and I are that family who, oh yes, you should never marry into if you don't want to get your butt kicked by running a 5K on the holidays. It was a blast. We trotted around the neighborhood and then we enjoyed some delicious turkey. As much as I love Thanksgiving and I love the holidays, I also think that now is the time that the media starts to target us who are trying to live a healthier lifestyle into buying more products that are going to fill us with joy. So before we really dive into today's episode, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back on that topic of holidays and being healthy and just trying to stay under control. And let's remember something. We are worthy. We are capable. We are humans. We are so amazing. We are deserving of joy, of love, and of health. I say that as this time of the year, we are stressed, we lose sleep, and maybe our eating always isn't the best, but oh my gosh, I know we all are just trying to survive. We're trying to survive the comparison that comes along with these months and also the cold, the lack of sunlight, and just being inside more often. We are just going to have to give ourselves some grace And try to let go of that pressure that surrounds us and surrounds every detail of our lives in these months. Remember that you are your own captain. You create this amazing rhythm of life that just provides everyone around you with life and energy and can bring so much joy and you have so much value. So as we remember that we are amazing and capable human beings who are coming to listen to this at different points in our health journey, let's start to trot down that aisle. Let's start trotting, maybe turkey trotting, down that herbal supplement and vitamin aisle. And we're looking across the sea and we see that pink bottle that tells us that, yeah, you take me and I'm going to make your hair, your skin, and your nails look phenomenal. So absolutely, I will buy you. It's a (laughs) no-brainer. I think I have bought this product in particularly so many times before I actually turned around the ingredient list and was like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to stop wasting my money on that. Because as consumers... We are so drawn in by the words on the bottles that tell us, you take me and I'm going to make your bones stronger. I can help prevent colds. I can help prevent you getting the flu. I can make your skin look better and cleaner and healthier. We want those things. We want to feel good on the inside and on the outside. So as a consumer, it is critical to understand what those bottles can have on the front and what types of statements they can say, what types of claims they can make. 
And then when we turn around the bottle, we look at the ingredient list, is that claim supported by those ingredients? Do we Are we looking at that claim compared to the ingredients? And are we looking at that claim in comparison to that company's willingness to have quality testing? So let's bring in last week's episode of USP quality testing. And remember that, you know, if this product says that it has collagen in it, but it doesn't have any sort of quality markers, that there have been studies that have shown that there's either been between zero to 98%. So you could either get collagen or you could get no collagen um, in that product. If there's not quality standards that that product is being upheld to and that company is being upheld to. So, why this is so important to understand what nutraceutical and herbal supplements and dietary supplements are allowed and not allowed to claim can be perfectly exemplified by the little bumblebee who was on one of my favorite cereal brands when I was growing up. It's Cheerios. And if you remember what Cheerios used to have on their front of their box, people used to down these things because in America, we have heart problems. So we want to lower our cholesterol. We want to lower the amount of fat that we have in our blood. And what did Cheerios have on the front of their box until they got in trouble with the FDA? They said, when you you eat Cheerios, it will lower your cholesterol by 4% in two weeks. 4%. That is really good for a cereal. I mean, I would eat cereal... I would eat those Cheerios like breakfast, lunch, and dinner every snack. And you can see where maybe that's a problem. Like how many Cheerios is okay? Like should I I be eating these, like I said, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner in order to grit the 4%? If I eat eat it like that, do I actually get like 20% lowering? Like what's my range here? So basically, because of that confusion by consumers um, who are saying like, hey, I just got I just have to eat Cheerios because it says will. I mean, it says it will lower my cholesterol. So heck yeah, I'm going to eat the Cheerios instead of taking my Torvastatin for my high cholesterol or instead of following this heart healthy diet, I'm just going to eat Cheerios. That's again, FDA had to step in because there's certain claims that we're about to talk about that these companies can and cannot make. And so when Cheerios was rebranded, they said that it can, it can help lower your cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So they had to change their statement from Will making this definitive statement um, about their product into Ken saying that it has the possibility basically because there's not, was not enough of scientific literature. Um, and the reason why they're able to even make that statement at all is because of the ingredient of fiber being in Cheerios. So although Cheerios are considered to be a food, what we really care about is going to be, how do we define a dietary supplement? Because that is the key. Um, Dietary supplements are defined in the Dietary Health, Safety, and Education Act of 1994, which amended the Federal Food and Drug Cosmetic Act, or the FDCA. And this was the law that governed foods, drugs, cosmetics, and medical devices. And how the DSHEA, or DESHA, defines a dietary supplement 
is as the following. So it's a product that you can take by mouth. It is a product that is intended to supplement the diet and it contains one or more of the following dietary ingredients. So it's a vitamin, it's a mineral, an herb or other botanical. It's an amino acid. It is a dietary substance used to supplement the diet by increasing total dietary intake. It's a concentrate. It's a metabolite. It's a constituent, an extract, or combination of any of the things I just said. If it has any of those above ingredients that I just stated, then the product has to be labeled as a dietary supplement. And it cannot be represented as a conventional food um, or a sole item of a meal or of an overall diet. And one of the biggest impacts of the um, Dietary Health, Safety, and Education Act is that if a product meets the definition of the dietary supplement, it does not, I repeat, it does not need to meet FDA approval of safety and effectiveness before being marketed. I'm going to say that one more time, that if a product meets the definition of a dietary supplement by what I just described, it does not need to have FDA approval of safety and effectiveness before being marketed. So if I made a product that and put it in, encapsulated it maybe in a gelatin coating and it had fiber in it, who knows what else, but my active ingredient is fiber. I could market that after a few you know, little things had to be done, but I, I could market that as a dietary supplement. So because a dietary supplement does not need to have that approval of safety and or effectiveness, basically they cannot make claims of structure or function um, or make those definitive statements basically that say, you know, this taking this product will cure whatever disease or taking this product will prevent heart disease. Taking this product will make your acne go away. What they can say is that taking this product can help improve your overall skin tone because in this product, there are active ingredients that in other studies, maybe done by the company, maybe just done by someone else, these active ingredients have shown to be beneficial in helping overall skin complexion. Let's look at one of the hottest herbal supplements on the market in order to understand these dietary supplement claims. It is one of the dietary supplements that I take whenever I'm feeling crummy, and it's echinacea. It's a flower that was from nature that our ancestors used to use because they thought that it helped prevent people from getting ill, that it helped you prevented you from getting sick, in, especially in the winter months. And so the claim that echinacea makes is that it can help your immune system. It can help to strengthen your immune system. Very importantly, it does not say it will help strengthen your immune system or it will prevent you from getting a cold. The reason echinacea cannot say that is because there's no safety or efficacy data to prove that statement. In fact, when you look at the scientific literature that surrounds echinacea, there is a lot of debate about which type of flower will be able to have the best immune response and be able to really strengthen our immune system. 
And even in the one that strengthens our immune system, the question is really how much? At what strength, at what milligram strength, or how much echinacea do we really need to take in in order to see those benefits? That is another reason why those claims, those claims that are on the bottle that kind of draw us in and are like, ooh, yeah, you're going to make me feel good. I'll take you. They can be definitive because again, that active ingredient, they don't need to prove at, you know, this concentration, it's going to prevent a cold. They just need to say like, you know, we think it does this and it doesn't cause you harm. So it could do that, but we're not going to prove that it does that. Let me try to unwind that a little bit. Basically, I can't tell you this podcast will make you feel really comfortable about buying dietary supplements. However, I hope it will. I have no proof. I have no validity in saying that. I can say this podcast may increase your interest in learning about dietary supplements because it might. I don't know, and I don't need proof to make that statement. So those statements are very different from medications like FDA-approved medications, um, whether they come from a natural source or not, because FDA-approved medications have proved to be safe and effective at the concentration and the formulation that you are going to be ingesting them at. Now, dietary supplements are not trying to harm you, and I'm not trying to say that. However, they just don't need to have that proof of effect. So they do not need to prove that, hey, if if you take echinacea, it's going to give you a stronger immune system. They just say, maybe, maybe it could. I don't think it's going to hurt you. So go ahead, go for it. Take this product, spend your money on this product. Read our claim, take this claim as truth. And that's kind of where we really need to be cautious as consumers. When we read those claims, we need to be able to understand that that claim is not definitive. When we're reading any product that has collagen or something that says it's going to help our skin look amazing, we need to remember that they're not required to prove that it's going to help all people's skins look great. They just say, hey, it has an active ingredient that might be able to help. What this all boils down to is being able to turn that bottle around. Turn that bottle around. Don't just look at the claim because otherwise you'll be like me and you'll spend way too much money on gummies that tell you you're going to look awesome and then you realize that they're like 20 calories a gummy and you're just taking extra calories, basically just eating sugar. (laughs) Turn, Turn the bottle around and read the active ingredients. Read the inactive ingredients. Read the milligram strength that they're claiming to be beneficial to you at. Look to see if their quality insurance is actually, you know, is good. Are they they ensuring that what is in their product is actually in their product or are they not? Because if they're not, then their claim of giving you a boost with your immune system has no validity because then that product's not even in there. That active ingredient might not even be present. So understand the quality of it, understand the active ingredients, and then also look up the literature about those products. 
look up to see if there have been any studies that show benefit and make your own informed decision. Go ahead, ask your pharmacist, ask ask your doctor, and also do this research because I think it is really important for all of us to read more scientific literature to understand where, you know, where my opinions are coming from, where a pharmacist is getting their information from, and where your doctor, your nurses, your PAs, where that information is coming from. So look at that because otherwise you might be wasting your money on a product that is just doing you no good. You're just putting it in one side and it's coming out the other. So let's not waste our money in this time. Let's not flush it down the drain, literally. <laughs> let's take a few moments to take a step back in the most stressful time of the year to feel healthy, shiny, and happy, and full of joy and jolly to give ourselves a break. Understand that those claims are trying to draw you in. They're a marketing strategy. They want you to buy their product. So take the few extra moments to look up their product, look up the scientific evidence surrounding that product, and make an informed decision if you are willing to spend your money on that product rather than just wasting it. I really hope that you all enjoyed today's episode. I am so excited to finish my turkey off this week and cannot wait to come back to you guys next week with another awesome episode. See you later.